Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to Impacting Life 24-7. This is our Veterans Day edition of uh, honoring our veterans. And we have asked people to who want to share their their time in service to join us tonight. And we have folks that have joined us from uh, various walks of life. And uh, we're thankful that everybody is doing that. Uh, I'm just going to, what I want you guys to know is, is that we open this up to everyone. And so we, on Impacting Life 24-7, one of the things that we try to do is we try to use this platform to impact lives. That's really what we have, have it for really no other special reason and so our veterans who have joined us tonight um and and we're we gave we gave an opportunity for everyone so don't say you didn't get an opportunity you didn't hear about it but those that we said those that come we will honor and so on this platform that's what we're going to do and so tonight i've i've got a few questions for everybody and we're just going to kind of get some feedback from our veterans i just wanted to hear some some feedback from them directly from veterans directly and uh utilize our platform to honor them so thank you all first of all for your service thank thankful to all of our veterans out there that are watching that will tune in later Thank you so much for your service to this great nation. And so because we got a jam-packed hour, we got to get right to it. And the first question that I have for our veterans, and we'll just go around the horn. We'll go with Maggie, and then we'll have Vera, and then Greg, Danny, and Mike. And, of course, I don't have to answer because I'm asking the question. So <laughs> so I'll, I'll, if, if there's time, I'll, I'll throw in an answer. So uh, the first question is, which branch of the military – did you serve in Maggie? So, um, Chris, thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I served uh, active duty Air Force and uh, California and Virginia Air National Guard. All right. Awesome. Awesome. You know, and I, just a little known history fact, I tried to go back in the Air Force and they said no. Back in, t- back in 2001, they said, nope, sorry, no former Marines allowed. Uh, so I, I tried. I really did. Vera, th- thank you so much for taking time. I know I know I, I uh, we got connected late, but I'm so glad that you uh, made it in your schedule to come on. So uh, what what branch of service were you in? Thank you. I apologize. The alarm is going off in the background, but we're safe here. That's okay. Well, so (laughs) I was in the United States Air Force active duty. Okay. And the following after that in active reserves. All right. Air Force. Well, awesome. That is, that is, that is truly awesome. And thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, Greg, which branch of service were you in? United States Marines. I didn't. Yeah, I thought I didn't know if there was any other branches, but we'll. <laughs> yeah, I'm honored, and thanks to all the veterans, my brothers and sisters that 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 heard the call. Amen. That's right, uh, Danny. What branch of service were you in, sir? Hey, yeah, I was in the Army National Guard here in North Carolina. And you know, Danny posted something today in some sort of machine or apparatus. I don't know what that was. But I'm just like, you know what? If it's anything dealing with Danny, it's probably complex. What was that, Danny? <laughs> that that was a rat rig. So that was that was the uh, tool that I used in the military. So wow, <laughs> it was it was a communications tool. Well, so. I just I just used boxes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what branch of the service were you in? You're you're on mute, Mike. <clears throat> He's got to find. He's got to find his unmute button. Go ahead. So I was in the Marine Corps. I served in ninety six to two thousand, and I was in uh, Okinawa, Japan, for two years. And then my last duty station was Camp Lejeune. Uh, so just loved it. Loved being overseas. Would have extended another year, but they said go back to the states. So. So kind of a two part question here, Maggie. How long did you you? I think you uh, just let's refresh. How long did you serve, and why did you choose this Air Force? So I chose the Air Force as my dad was uh, in the Army Air Corps as a pilot, and then he flew for Eastern Airlines. My brother, uh, my two brothers were both in the Air Force, and I wanted to be an aircraft mechanic, so uh, that's what I went in and did. And uh, combined total, uh, 21 years, a little over eight years active duty, the rest Air National Guard, and um, 
also, uh, you know, when I went in originally back in December of 79, uh, I didn't have to wait too long because, um, you know, it was a, I, I went into an aircraft maintenance job. So it, not many women did that at that time. So. Right. And I, I probably will have some follow-up questions for you on that, but as a, as a aircraft mechanic, um, there was, there was, there was not a whole host of women in that field, huh? No, there was a, when I got to my first duty station and off at air force base SAC headquarters in Omaha, Nebraska, there were like a total of three of us on the flight line. Wow. Wow. Well, as crew chiefs. Whew, yeah. That, and you know, Maggie was air force, but Maggie's still tough though. <laughs> Maggie don't play no games. He's tough. Uh, Vera, thank you again. And um, the this is a two-part question. How long did you serve and, and why did you choose the, the branch that you serve in, that you served in the Air Force? Honestly, I come from a Marine Corps town in Havelock, North Carolina. So everyone was like, oh, don't go to Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marines. Sorry, Marines. No, um. <laughs> The reason I went, I had to throw that in there because I knew um, I had my fellow Marines up here. So I had to pick a little bit, um, friendly gesture. But yeah, so um, there was a recruiter and his name was um, Michael White. I'll never forget him. And he was very diligent about um, helping me. And I knew I started out um, at the community college and then um, just trying to make a better life. And uh, he helped me and assist me so much that that's how I ended up um, going into the Air Force. It was actually my recruiter. So your recruiters kind of just pushed you and nudged you along, huh? And nudged me along. Yeah, the recruiter helped me out a lot. So I ended up in the Air Force. And how many years again? Uh, four years active. Four years active. Awesome. Awesome. And Greg, um, again, two part question. Why did you um, how long did you serve and, and why did you choose the Marine Corps? I served 20 years and I'm yes, I chose Marine Corps because really I was not ready for college or school or to hang in my old little town. And I knew that out of the services, me being a small statue, I had something to prove. So it was definitely the Marines. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Greg was the house mouse in boot camp, weren't you, Greg? <laughs> house mouse. <laughs> house mouse. That, that's the guy that get that's the guy that gets to go into duty hut with the drill instructors and, and handle the paperwork and stuff. Uh that that's that's awesome, Greg. Uh Danny, um, how long did you serve and, and why did you choose the the, um, the the route that you went? Okay. So I did seven years. Um, in the in the in the uh, National Guard, mm -hmm. and I did about three years in the in activated reserve. Once I got out of there, and I think the reason I joined the National Guard, there was probably maybe three reasons: um, expediency, proximity to Fort Bragg, the, the reason I was uh, you know did the Army, and I wanted to go to college. So mm -hmm. that was to me that was the compromise. You know, I could do all those things and continue to go to and still go to college because my grandmother was adamant that the one thing I wasn't going to do is hang out. <laughs> so I said, okay, in her mind, because you know, my uncle went to Marines, my other uncle went to the army, one uncle went away. And so all the men basically were military. Right. So in her mind, that's what you do when you come out of high school, right? You go into the military and I wanted to go to college. So I compromised with her and she was, you know, happy because, you know, I, I went into the military part time, but I went to the military. Right. And I also went to college. So, well, you know, and the, and the thing about that is the wisdom of your grandmother still uh, is residual today, Danny, because yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing that, that this that's just in the King household. One thing you ain't going to do is just hang out. <laughs> You're not, you're not gonna hang out, no. <laughs> this is you not this is not the landing zone right here. I mean, I know yeah. some may think the parents is the gravy train, but you know that yes, that that nope. was wise on grandma's part for sure. That's right, man. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Black, how long did you serve, and why did you cho choose the United States Marine Corps? Uh, so, Chris, the reason why I served is uh, basically when I was I come fresh out of high school, my parents kept asking, "What are you gonna do with your life?" 
I had no clue. I was a big slacker, to be honest. And my buddy said, well, let's join the Marine Corps. And I'm like, let's do it. So we joined on the buddy program. And of course, you know, everybody's been the Marine Corps. You get there and it's like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? <laughs> um, you know, standing on those yellow footprints. So, and being a Florida boy, I nearly froze to death in South Carolina. It was pretty cold over there. Wow. Went during the winter time. And uh, so that's kind of why I joined up. I mean, I really didn't have no clue what I wanted to do. I was fresh out of high school, like I said, and uh, I served from 96 to 2000 and, you know, just did four years and, and went ahead and got out. And uh, so that's that was my experience. Maggie, you know, you said you went in in, in 70, 79. And um, I was four during that time, but uh, one- yeah, try again. Close, <laughs> <laughs> but not that young. Okay. Did you say? Did you say seventy nine or seventy seven? Seventy nine. I graduated in seventy eight. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was born in seventy five. So there's that. Um, and and you know, the, but the thing the thing about that um, is that every time period that we see in the military does. Uh, does have a certain flavor and 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 you know i go back i love studying military history and and when you go back you you do see some the flavors of the day during that time so uh you said you said that you were uh tell us about your military occupation again so i was uh so i went in and i was trying to be a engine mechanic you know jet engine mechanic but uh in tech school i went to instead of field maintenance I was organizational maintenance assigned out of tech school. So I went to the flight line and became a crew chief. So uh, I've worked on the first aircraft was the KC-135A model. We call it a water burner. Um, and like I said, the only, there's only one other female on the flight line. Well, two other females on the flight line at the time. But uh, stayed at Omaha. That was SAC headquarters at the time. So, you know, we had the alerts and Airborne command post was right there. So um, did a lot of training missions, but then I ended up being on what they call the RC-135, uh, the or the KC-135W model, which is the first uh, aircraft that had a bunch of computers on it. So uh, flew long missions. They weren't short missions. So I enjoyed that. And uh, I uh, was locked into Omaha for five years. So I got out after four years and Worked in a couple of restaurants and decided to go back in and went to California and then Guam. So as a crew chief, and then I was playing softball for PACAF and they said too many NCOs in the air force. So while I was TDY playing softball, they said, Nope, you're getting out. So then I found the air national guard. So now, now as a crew chief, did you get to, you get, you got to fly a lot? Yeah, I was on flying status. We flew, uh, we pulled alert, um, I've been to seven, seven different countries. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, that, that'll be a follow-up question. Cause I want to know about those, but man, that, that is so cool. I, I take it. You, you have no fear of flying cause you, you've been doing it your whole life, huh? No, I, I don't. My dad wanted me to be a, air, a pilot. He said he sent me to go to pilots, but, uh, I have, uh, and this is jokingly, I have one of those, uh, called a squat switch. You know, the switches you activate in my rear end. So when I sit down on the plane, I'm so comfortable, I fall asleep. <laughs> I can understand. So. I understand. <laughs> well, that, I still have that same thing, too. It usually happens right after I eat. Uh, so, Vera, <laughs> what was your occupation in, in the service? I was a computer operator. And at um, a unit, a brand new unit that first stood up called J-Stars. And so I had the unique opportunity to actually stand up a a squadron and wing. And so um, much um, like the young lady that spoke right before me um, for the aircraft mechanic, I was the first person, um, first woman and first African-American to integrate the squadron. Wow. And I was able to um, win my very first year in uh, competing against um, other airmen who had been in eight years or longer and shorter time periods, maybe four to eight years. And I was able to win um, Airman of the Quarter, three quarters in a row. That's like Employee of the Year for everyone, but Employee of the Quarter, three out of four quarters, and I won Airman of the Year. So, yes, but I had a great time um, uh, at the um, squadron that I was at because there were no processes and we had to set up everything. So most of the time when you go in the branch of the military, everything's already established and you just go to your unit 
and you follow the rules, but we were groundbreaking. So a part of history. Wow. Decided to be that, that is so awesome. Remind me again, the years that you served. That was 95 to 99 active. Wow. 95 to 99. Awesome. Awesome. Greg, uh, what was your military occupation, brother? Oh, my military occupation was communications. Uh, it took me some great places, Pentagon, Washington, D.C., Japan. I served some great duty stations, but communications, fixed communications. And what what does that mean? What, do you talk to people? You, I mean, what is no, that? What's, no, no, what, Chris, you would that? think you talk to people, but unfortunately, messages have come and go throughout the Marine Corps. Okay. Red Cross messages, top secret messages, classified messages. So it's a communication center. Sort of like 911 Center. Okay. Yeah. But it's just communications for the whole Marine Corps. And so you set up you set up the, the technical pieces of that or you were actually one engaging in communication? Two parts. If you're FMF, you might set up some stuff, but if you're base, then everything's set up for you. It's just the building that's set up with a bunch of huge computers. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so you're pretty technically savvy, Greg. So I, I don't understand why you can't operate a GPS, bro. I'm just. I'm, hey, yeah. <laughs> he had three GPSs and and Maggie. Back to the sleep thing. <laughs> We're not gonna say who fell asleep. At, talking to him at the Panthers game. At the Panthers game, why and was going on? I fell asleep. And everybody's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, don't fly. Yeah, well, again, I'm going to dedicate a whole show to that trip. Uh, Danny, what was your what was your occupation, brother? Uh, I went um, when I went through training. I actually trained at Signal Corps down in Fort Gordon, Georgia. And when I came back to my unit, which is the 30th Inf- Infantry Brigade, which is majority of the of the unit here in you know North Carolina, mm-hmm. I was a part of the mechanized infantry there. I was uh, attached to a, um, a weather squadron, actually Air Force weather squadron at Pope, at Pope, and I did uh, weather reporting. So that 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 rat rig you saw, yeah, there, that's how I received weather information. Really? Information was ba- oh yeah. So that was that was it. We set up our little area, and it was top secret. No one could come in there, and we just sort of communicate it like greg said communicate it that's powerful man and tell that's me it, yeah. tell me the years you you were in again i was in the late i was in I, I, here's the thing i, I went into a delayed entry right? right so i i went in there when i was actually in high school okay and never you know but i didn't report i would actually go to the drills but i didn't you know i had it was, this was prior to going to basic training so that was like 85 right yeah so i went in and i came out in 92 so that's it wow man well uh are those are those apparatuses still in service that no i'm sure i'm sure they're not i'm sure it's i'm sure it's been replaced now that that was even then most of that equipment was phasing out old and we didn't really start getting restocked until the the war you know desert storm right and that's when you start getting the new equipment and because you know at that point we were preparing to go overseas and in i'm gonna say fortunately yeah. i don't know if i'm saying fortunately or not but the war ended but my unit was called and yeah. we were getting ready to go before you know before reserves go we actually go with like texas or california and train for about three months right prior to going into the actual theater wow. so we were prepping our, our units were prepping to go and uh you know that that first war ended pretty fast so yeah, um we didn't go Okay, well, no. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I know you would be willing to go, and you were there oh, to go. Well, yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was part of the part of the game. That was part of the contract there. Part of the contract. <laughs> that, little, that little fine print there. It's like, yeah, you. I know, you, I know why you joined, but right now right. it's time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, wait a minute, no, man, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a weather so, reporter. You know, yeah, man. Hey, hey, it was startling, but you know, yeah. I, it was like one of those things I said, I, I had my mind right. I had my mind fixed. Yeah. And so, yeah. It was one of those things. Awesome, yeah. man. Mike, what was your occupation? Hey, one technology. Thank you guys for not laughing. Mike, there must be a ghost in this room. I had to get some ghost spray off Amazon because my light failed. So thank you for not laughing too hard. Um, I was a warehouse guy by trade. Uh, the code was uh, 3051. So I believe that uh, Chris is, uh, is uh, 
aviation supplies. So there was always kind of like a which supplies is better than which one, rah type deal. But um, I, I went into supply and then I went to supply school in Georgia, uh, Albany, Georgia. So that was really fun. I was close to home. They used to call the term swoop. So you could swoop home to Florida like crazy, you know, drive for the weekend to see the family. Um, but yeah, that's, so that, that was a cool job. I mean, we did a lot of warehousing and uh, issued out 782 gear. An interesting fact, the 782 gear came from that. That's how much it costs. Now, nowadays it probably costs about $7,000 outfit as a soldier or troop. So, but that was, uh, that was a lot of what we did in the warehouse. And, uh, and I, like I said, I was in Okinawa, Japan for two years, enjoyed that. I was at an air, air unit, um, air, air unit there. And then I was at an artillery battery in Lejeune. So I was around a bunch of grunts. So it was like from one extreme to the other. And it was just a really cool experience. Well, you know, that's interesting. So you're saying that the original number was 782 bucks to outfit. That's where 782 gear came from. Yeah, that, that's where the term came from. So when you get the outfit in which you're like, you know, belt and your cami thing, all the gear you would get up to go in the theater. Uh, so that, that was like the old time used to say that. But I know it's way more expensive now. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have a whole, it's all different now. You know, obviously technology and well, let me, Maggie and Vera, I'm going to ask you this this question because this this is something you know. Number one, uh, we're brothers and sisters in, in arms in the in the the realm of veterans. And like I was saying today in my international speech at uh, the uh, the sacred grounds there at, in here in Camp Lejeune, the the war memorial, that uh, we, we're all linked by this term of service but i want to know from you maggie what was it like and and you, you could be candid this is this show is is unfiltered and unfettered but what was it like being a, a female uh in, especially in your occupation during that time of, of in the in the service in the air force well when i got to omaha and I started on the first aircraft and then i went to that special model aircraft i talked about there's a previous there's another female there already and um we were getting ready to go tdy and we ended up going to england but some of the crew that was on that aircraft you had military but he also had civilian people who ran computers you know so you had like civilian contractors i'm assuming Mm -hmm. and uh you know the the old uh i guess i'm a female so you know the the boys and the guys think oh so when we go over we're gonna party uh no Mm. Sorry, I don't, I don't, uh, no. So yeah, she, she had a reputation from working her way from one end of the aircraft to the other end of the aircraft when they went TDY. I said, oh, when you got the wrong person, Uh-oh. <laughs> that's not me. So it was just the stigma of, you know, what mm. people think women are supposed to do right at that time. And I know, you know, uh, it was Vera, uh, who's on, on here also is a little bit later, but I know, you know, standing up a unit, I'm sure. And also, the barrier she broke was was outstanding, but it's just that getting over that hump is I can do you know I can do everything you can do as a guy on the flight line. I can work the aircraft just like anybody else. I might not be as strong, but I you know I've never failed an evaluation. I've got allocates throughout my career, you know. So so did um, you, as you as you seen and and Vera, I'll ask this to you also. But as Maggie, as you as your time went on, did you see maybe an you know an evolution, uh, you know, with with acceptance of of ladies and females in the the military service? Yeah, it took a while though, it, and I had to say it, it did. It took a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of things have changed. Uh, you know. Um, since desert storm desert shield mm-hmm. you know where you're in you know people are end up be, being deployed um with uh other services and co-located and work having to work together as a unit no matter what service you're in mm-hmm. so prior to that i think it was still depend on i guess where you were at i mean once i got i was stationed in guam my last active duty area so it wasn't too bad i mean i was running a maintenance operation center as the female and I had a bunch of other people working for me. So, um, it, it took a while, but you still had those, 
Good old boys. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Uh, Vera, same question for you. What was it like, uh, you know, uh, as being a a female? You mentioned, you know, some things you were the first African-American female to stand up a particular unit. So what what was it like? And and did you did you see any resistance or or was it more open during that time? I would say I still saw some resistance, but it was more open. So, you know. Thank God for, you know, people paving the way prior to me. Thank you for her serving, um, her service and serving on the flight line. And um, IT is, is was um, IT at that time and still is a primarily male dominated uh, uh, career field. Mm-hmm. And so most of my career in fact, I think there was one woman that came and served and she was a tech sergeant, but most of it, I was there alone and the only female, but I learned to let my work speak for me. Ah. And so I was met with resistance at first, but um, like she said, once they saw that I could do the work and I actually was doing the work and the work spoke to me, um, I did work. I worked two, three times, four times harder than everyone else to achieve those goals. And the goals that I had set and um, the special projects that I were assigned to, I excelled and I had to go above and beyond to get the same recognition. But in the end, that taught me a lot of work character. And uh, once they saw that I was willing to do the work and I could do the work, then a lot of um, things changed. Uh, Probably the most resistance I had was when I went TDY one time and I was at the table and we were all, this is after hours, and we were all um, sitting at a table. And the people I was with, they were trying to teach me how to play dominoes. And, (laughs) And so one of the guys stood up and said, I'm not going to play at this table with the woman in dominoes. Ooh. She should be pregnant and in the kitchen. Oh my. And I was flabbergasted. <laughs> I was flabbergasted because this was in the 90s. Yeah. So I was, you know, astonished. But um, luckily, I had some great guys that were there that took up for me and came to the rescue. And so we were all like family. It was a family environment. And so they knew my character. They knew who I was. And much like she said, you know, there were people and some people, you didn't want to have a reputation for the wrong reason of getting to the top. So, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I let my work speak for me and that spoke for me. And I think because of that, I was able to gain a lot of respect. Well, that's powerful. Vera and Maggie, we really appreciate you guys. Women of integrity and honor. Thank you so much. Greg, you know how to play bones, brother? Brother. You don't know how to play no bones. Greg don't know how to play no bones. I was in Texas for three years. (laughs) That's what the game feels like it was originated from, Texas. Oh, is that right? So, Greg. I think so. Question. Yeah, Danny will fact check you on anything you I'll say. I'll fact check you on that. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's all they do with Texas. It felt like it, right? It felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, you come from a military family? I do not, Chris. So, I'm, I'm the first. Are you serious? Yes, sir. Wow. What about you, Danny? Uh, yeah. I'm, my, um, like I told you, my two uncles went to the military. My brother, military. My sister, military. And uh, they actually went to Desert Storm and, you know, <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, it was, you know, there was some things, you know, it, it was, right. it was it, an experience. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah. So. so you have, you have a family lineage though, a family history of folks in the military. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's the, that's been one of the chosen, you know, uh, occupations for uh, many people in the family. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what about you, Mike, military family? Yes, uh, we have a steep tradition in our family. Uh, I had some great uncles in the Marine Corps in the 50s. Uh, one was an Army officer. Uh, my granddad on my dad's side was a Navy CB. Uh, my dad was a combat engineer turned recruiter, and he did 30-plus years um, Army. And then uh, my grandfather on my mom's side was Navy. My grandmother was actually Army Air Corps. She jumped out of planes. Oh, wow. So anybody, anybody, someone talks about grandmas, they'll be like, my grandma's way cool and your grandma, she jumps out of planes. <laughs> so just, you know, there you go on that, buddy. 
Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Olivia joined the Army and I was a Marine. So very a lot of history, uh, military tradition in my family. That's, that's good, man. I seen Olivia's picture today, kind of brought tears to my eyes. Olivia is so sweet. And I told her Uncle King uh, loves her and her husband and, and her bald-headed daddy, too. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> Maggie, <laughs> you, you, I know you guys, uh, you know, some, here's, here's the deal for me, Maggie. I wanted to travel. Okay, as even though now I'm an international sensation, back then when I was 18, I wanted to travel, and they sent me. Watch this now. Hold, wait for it, Vera. They <laughs> they sent me to Cherry Point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Y'all got my y'all got my orders mixed up. I'm supposed to be going to like Japan or you know Guam or some some you know cool place maggie what were some of the cool uh cool places you traveled and in the military and what was your favorite duty station so i've traveled to canada guam korea germany australia france iceland england and qatar <laughs> and my favorite i was stationed in guam so i actually went tdy there and then when i went back to california after tdy um Actually, it was TDY from Guam, and we hopped to Australia um, and came back. I, our, our unit was shutting down. Was shutting down when I was active duty. The Air National, the Air Reserve Wing was the Reserve Wing, ref, Air Refueling Wing was shutting down. Mm -hmm. So they're letting people choose where they wanted to go. And at the time, I was a sergeant, E4 sergeant, and there were two other guys who came back in the service like I did, who had first choice. For some reason, both of them chose McConnell Air Force Base in Kansas. Ooh. And I'm like, sweet. So I got to go back to Guam active duty for 18 months. So, um, oh, it was great. Learned how to scuba dive, was a dive master while I was there. Yeah, man, so. I, I was, I had heard about cadre duty at Guam. And, and I, everyone that I ever talked to about Guam, they said it was an amazing duty station. It is. If you like water, sports or water. Yes, because it's not that big of an island. So if you get island fever, it's, maybe it's not for you because it's not that big. You either got Anderson the one end and you got Big Navy on the other end that, you yeah. know, they have the bigger shopping. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> some some mysterious lady online in our chat said, uh, because I only went to Cherry Point, she said, uh, and then he found me. He wasn't going anywhere. I wonder who that might be. <laughs> so mm. we, we were stuck at Cherry Point, y'all. We wasn't going nowhere. And then, after, of course, we had uh, started having children. I just couldn't depart from them. So that was why we kind of uh, chose another route. So, uh, Veer, what, what stations were you at or places, countries, and, and what was your favorite? Okay, Warner Robins. Georgia was my primary duty station. I went TDY to a lot because of the aircraft that I supported um, was a surveillance. And so I got to travel. I went to um, states. I went to California, overseas. I went to Germany, Saudi Arabia, and a little bit of Ireland. So. Oh, wow. What was, what, was your my, what was your favorite? My favorite place was Germany. And because I actually love the countryside and the cobblestone roads, and it was just so beautiful. And this was before they tore the wall down. And everyone was really so, everyone was really so open. Yeah. I mean, everyone was so inviting. I remember um, trying to test my German at a restaurant and asked for the one thing, one word I knew, which was palm frites, which was French fries. Uh -huh. They was like, oh, you want some French fries? <laughs> But <laughs> everyone was just so um, open and welcoming and that I wasn't, I don't think I was used to that. And so that was, that was really, um, I had a great time in that area. Hey, Vera. Yes. In Stillenach, Zoom Air Sein Vach. <laughs> what did I say? See, what, what did I say, Danny? It's Silent Night. I was in chamber choir, so we had to sing Silent Night in German. <laughs> so there, so there's that. I I can wax I can wax poetic in German with the best of there them, baby. Go. There you go, Greg. Where did you go, man? What was your favorite one? 
Oh my goodness, man, I've been to so many. We started out in Japan, my very first duty station, then back to California, then down to North Carolina, then back to California, then back to Japan, then to Aviano, Italy, then to Slovenia, then to Turkey, some great, great duty stations. I would have to say my favorite was Italy, Aviano, Italy. Italy? Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, I'm supposed to take my wife to Italy. I was supposed to take her last year, and I was a little short on funds, so COVID struck, and I was able to kind of use that as the excuse why we can't. Olive Garden. <laughs> what you say? Olive Garden counts? Uh, so listen, ladies and gentlemen that are in the chat, listen, you've tuned in to Impacting Life 24-7. This is our special Veterans Day edition. We've got some amazing veterans with us, and if you'd like to tell us in the in the chat where you uh, served and, and what branch of service that you served in, we'd love to acknowledge you and honor you on this very very special day where did you uh travel to mr mike black and what was your favorite duty station so obviously my favorite duty station was japan i mean i went the first duty station i was 19 years old in the foreign country it was so awesome i was stationed at uh, uh the Tenma air base which is between the two major bases and you know the cool thing was like to visit the air force base they had an army base there coast guard was there um so it was just so awesome. And I actually got to go to Tokyo, Japan. I flew over there from Okinawa and checked that out. And Tokyo was a lot like New York City. There was just so much to do. And uh, just rode the subway, just the culture. I mean, I loved everything about it. Food, the culture. It was so awesome. Wow, man. Well, I can just say, and, and you know, that's one of the things, like I said, I missed about, uh, you know, where I where I was stationed, I just went to like Piggly Wiggly and, and Krabby Patty. So that's all that's all the culture that I <laughs> that's all the culture that I got, Daddy. They didn't give me nothing else. And uh, yeah. I mean, literally, uh, when I landed in, in Havelock, I'm just like, wow, I seen tumbleweed rolling across the street and. It was like wow. So anyway, there's there's that, and 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 you know the, the interesting thing about it is is that uh, I believe that if I had have reenlisted, I was gonna get sent somewhere because they was that you know they were trying to get people out of out of Cherry Point. So Maggie, what was your proudest military moment? Your proudest military moment? Well, I'm gonna come up with a couple. So um, my my second active duty tour um, when I was in California. I actually was assigned, I got um, assigned to be assistant crew chief on the 15th Air Force General uh, tanker. Uh, they're his plane. So um, three star we work for. So at the time, I don't know if you, you, you know, with Air Force at one time we had before the BDUs and stuff, we had the green fatigue. So we got, well, we were wearing blue ones, sort of like what well, you see some of the Blue Angel folks wear, we would wear those, but that was a proud moment. And then uh, when I was, uh, Air National Guard. Um, I uh, made uh, E seven Master Sergeant, and I retired as a Master Sergeant. Look at you! <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's that's that, that's awesome, man. And and again, uh, I know Maggie in 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 a, a few other arenas, and she still makes me call her Master Sergeant. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm teasing. Uh, what proudest moment for you in your military service, Vera? My proudest moment was when I got to meet the very first Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. Oh, wow. Yes, his name was Chief Airy. He had retired at the time, and he came to Warner Robins, and he just really took, he had a book signing, but he just really took the time to pour into me. He just you know, kind of set me on the side for about 30 minutes and, you know, spoke to me and poured into me. So that was an exciting moment. Um, because of the high profile of the J-Stars, I did get to meet and escort um, dignitaries uh, and do tours uh, within our organization. So I was the person that got to do that. So that was um, also a very proud moment for me. Man, that that is that is cool, man. That that's getting that getting to see some of that high brass and celebrity brass is is a is a privilege. And uh man, you know, especially what what do you remember what rank you were during those times? 
Yes, I was, uh, I was, um, probably when I met Chief Airy, I was, uh, like an E1. <laughs> so it was like my very first year in. So you can ma- imagine meeting the, uh, Chief Master Sergeant, first Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. Like right. I was just so excited. And then, um, I started doing the dignitary tours um, for the senators and that was uh, probably like a year later. So wow. I was like only an E2 or E3 at the time. Well, you know, I, I, I love the, 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 the air forces uh, rank insignias because, you know, they go way down. You know what I mean? They go way, they're like this tall, you know what I mean? They're, 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 they, they, they put some stripes on there. So I can imagine seeing that uh, chief master sergeant and you, you got one little chicken wing on your, your sleeve. And, and that just speaks to the culture though, at that, at that particular time. And his, his mindset was to give you his full attention and a, a real good leader will make it. So uh, when he's talking to you, you feel like you're the only one in the room. So that, that's a really amazing story. Greg, Mm-hmm. I, what was the question? I don't even remember what the question was. Oh, proudest military moment. All right, I'm going to flip the screen a little bit. If you can see that little plaque back there that has a little Texas shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My recruiting duty tour. That that plaque represents that I put in over 100 young people. Ooh. and changed their lives. Absolutely. Ooh, man. So that would have to be my proudest moment. Yeah, <laughs> man. That, that's that's changing over 100 young people's lives. Because I left out a lot of information. But right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great recruiter. <laughs> that's a great recruiter. You know, I got to get He didn't mention that they were some incarcerated and some. Uh, uh, that, that was very rewarding, man. That yeah. was very rewarding to represent the Marine Corps and put in over a hundred young people. Changed right, you know, and and I do remember my recruiter. I'm sure everybody does here remember your recruiter and looking at them, obviously the drill instructors too, but looking at that recruiter, it's like, you know what, man, if I want to, I want to, I want a piece of what he got going on or she has going on. And so, uh, you know, you, you have to be a stellar person. You have to be an, an upstanding person. You got to be squared away to be a recruiter because you're representing the agency. You're representing what that, that branch of service looks like. And Greg is a squared away stellar person. So thank you, Greg, for that. Uh, Danny, what what about you? What was your Danny? Mm. What was what was your most memorable uh, or your? You know uh, what? You know what? I th- I think that um, if I had to think about it, I think my most memorable and, and proudest. proudest moment was probably one that later maybe have led to a little regret. And <clears throat> I'll tell you why that paradox is there. Um, my company commander came to approach myself and one of my best friends and ask us if we wanted to. Uh, go to office candidate school to ask us to test for it, OCS. Mm. So we said, okay, we'll do it. And we took the test and blew it out of the water. Um, the regret was I didn't pursue it mm. once I took the test. You know, I, I think, I think I, I don't, I don't go back and sort of regret things like that. Right. right. Because it could have been different. You know, you never know. Right. But I always wonder what if I had just gone and said, okay, y'all yeah, just going to go, Go to OCS and and see how it works. Uh, later on, my partner did eventually go, and uh, he's uh, a major now. So, uh, you know, that's just one of those things, man. That's well, it. Yeah. Well, let me speak about Danny Brunson because he's a yeah. super humble guy. Um, I can just attest, knowing him and knowing his aptitude, that he, if he had have went OCS, Danny would have been by now. <laughs> at least a four-star general. Oh, you think? (laughs) Because I'm just telling you, Danny is one of the smartest people you'll ever meet on the planet. Like, if you say, hey, Danny, here's a piece of lint. Can you tell me uh, the stock number for this piece of lint? He'll find it. That's funny. So I I appreciate that, Danny. No, I appreciate you, man, that you think that. When you you think about, you know, the the what-ifs, I think about that, too. I think about what if I had stayed in. You know, yeah. I think about what yeah. if I, I was in great shape. What you know, I'm mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm in now. I'm a shape, but I'm not in <laughs> I'm not in shape. Yeah. If I had stayed in, you know, what what be different? But you know what? 
Every, everything works out for a reason. Everything so, works out. Yeah, exactly. That's right. right. Mike, what was your most uh, proudest uh, military moment? So I have a few. Um, the first one, obviously, when, when I was in boot camp, you get handed the Eagle blow up an anchor. And at that time, they had a test case where they were doing the crucible. So it was like two days of like in the woods, deprivated sleep. You know, it was pretty tough. And uh, they handed that, you know, everybody's bawling and crying. But, you know, that moment, you know, hey, hey I'm a Marine. This is legit. So that was a proud moment. My second proudest moment would be uh, when I got uh, corporal, picked up rank of corporal. And, uh, and at that same time, when I, obviously I was in Okinawa, I went to jungle warfare training. There's only one in the DOD. And I got to meet the commandant of the Marine Corps. Oh my. General Krulak at that time. CC Krulak. Really, he was really short. And I'm not being just whatever, but I mean, you know, he had the bars. So I thought he was like eight foot tall. He was extremely man. short. And I was like, man, I got to meet the commandant of the Marine Corps at jungle warfare training. How did I even end up in jungle warfare training? I don't know. I probably volunteered <laughs> like an idiot. Like, hey, that sounds like something fun. And I was like, oh man, this is crazy. Uh, yeah. So that was some of my proudest moments and just things I remember. CC Krulak was awesome, man. I remember seeing him uh, in a poster that uh, he was standing up to a Marine in boot camp, standing in line and, and seeing those four stars and, and that, you know, you got to juxtapose those two, this person brand new, and then Krulak, you know, the leader of the institution, just absolutely amazing. Okay, so a question came in from my wife, Maggie, and I'm going to get this from, I need an answer from everybody around the room. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Impacting Life 24-7, our special Veterans Day edition. And so we opened it up to every veteran in the country. We would have been able to only ask you like a half a question if all y'all showed up. But we, we opened this up because we wanted to honor our veterans in their service. So the question from my wife, Maggie, is, and, and I'm, everybody has to answer this, okay? She says, what is the best advice everyone can give our son who is starting his career in the Army currently at boot camp? Maggie? Be true to himself. Be true to himself. Wow, okay. That's- yeah, I mean, you know, he. I know why he went in, and I think it's, a, it's great, and I know he's going to do outstanding things, but you know, don't fall into a trap, you know, of anything. And I don't, I'm not saying he would, but I'm right. just saying anybody is just, you know, but yeah, he, he's going to do well and just stay true to his, 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 what he wants to do and he'll go far for sure. Yeah. That's a great advice, man. Um, because sometimes, you know, parents, parents sometimes can worry that, Oh my goodness, my child has gone away. And, you know, the, the military is a fraternity with a lot of diversity and a lot of opportunities, <laughs> right? And, and being true to yourself, being true to your core of who you are, uh, proximity should not change you. So that's, that's very wise, Maggie. Uh, Vera? I would say um, that I love what Maggie said, be true to yourself. And I'm just going to go just a little iteration of that and just say, serve with your whole heart. Because when you serve with your whole heart, it will take you places that wisdom cannot take you. It will help you to make and keep your integrity. It will help you to um, exceed goals and and have persistence and um be able to achieve without not giving up when you have that purpose and you have that reason why of what you're doing. So I would say when he do everything, serve, serve with your whole heart. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Greg. Well, this was what worked for me. Truthfully, I may have been an E2, but I thought like an E4. So if I was an E4, I thought like an E6 Mm. and you always think two grades ahead of where you're currently at. Yeah, that it, it, that's that's very that's very good wisdom, and probably spin that way in the reverse. So when you are uh, E four, spin like an E two. Hello, yeah, because I I didn't already I see yeah. yeah I didn't already <laughs> seen his first paycheck, and I'm just like I need to go ahead and skim off the top what he owes me from all these years cause, since I still got access to his account. But of course, I'm just teasing. Uh, what what advice would you give uh, Chris there in boot camp, Danny? I, I think the, I think the biggest thing is that many, many people leave school and say, hey, I'm out of school now. I'm going to go start my career. Mm-hmm. But I think that committing yourself to being a lifetime student 
is probably one of the best mindsets you can have. Uh, the reason I say that because when I when I worked in D.C., uh, there were so many um, post-military people there who had these advanced degrees, and it served them well. Mm. The reason and 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 the, the reason they were able to take advantage of those post-military opportunities is because while they were in the military, they were preparing the entire time. Mm -hmm. So they were getting community college, they were getting uh, bachelor's degrees, they were getting master's degrees, and some even getting PhDs. Mm -hmm. And the military was helping them to achieve those goals. Wow. So I think that the biggest the biggest uh, thing that I would say is commit to being a lifetime student. Well, that's powerful. Even even though you're. Out of, out of school per se commit to that that mindset that's powerful i like it danny and you know yeah. i i waited till probably 10 years after i was out and realized mm -hmm. man i'm a whole lot older and a whole lot and a, and a whole lot slower on the academic piece yeah and do so it, it young but yeah. but right do it while you're young your mind's that's fresh right. And uh, don't just say, well, I, I've I've reached the apex. I graduated and, and I went yeah. on. Uh, but, man, that's good. Be a lifetime student, of which that's we right. know Mr. Danny Brunson is a lifetime student. I'm pushing him. To, I'm pushing him to get his Ph.D. And so uh, <laughs> and then when he gets his Ph.D., he's going to graft me in like an honorary and I'll be an honorary, honorary doctor <laughs> under Danny Brunson. Mike, what's your advice for Chris in boot camp? So, you know, I thought about this question quite a bit, uh, uh, Dick, the questions you sent out before, Chris, and I would just say that a lot of the young people with the history of the military, you know, it's coming upon us older folks to kind of convey that to them, that number one, it's a voluntary force, right? So you weren't drafted, and so you, you choose to serve, and, and that in itself is amazing. Only, I think, 1% of the population uh, of America is a veteran or serving. Sure. So, you know, just be humble and recognize what a great honor it is to serve the military uh, and don the military uniform. So just the history of it. And there's so many opportunities out there. You just have to take advantage of it and, you know, go to work. And uh, it's the best fraternity. I mean, we all, all of us are sharing stories from years ago. So it's none of us ever regret this decision of, of joining. So, I mean, just, Hey, when the tough gets, you know, it gets tough. So, Hey, you know what? Um, blessed i'm able to serve you know and just kind of sometimes you have to check yourself like hey you know but you know it's just more of a just the history of it you're part of something bigger than yourself right you know and it's just it's such a positive thing within so, reason i'm clo i'm closing it's sad ladies and gentlemen that this time went by so fast didn't this go by fast greg it just seems like we just got started uh, but I'm going to ask around the room, uh, if if you don't mind, this was not on your questions, which I know Greg and Mike didn't read them anyway. But I, I, <laughs> I say to them in the pre-show, hey, you guys look at them questions. They're like, what questions? <laughs> well, my light gave out, so I couldn't see the questions. So there you go. <laughs> well, I'm old. If it uh, was, Greg's old, so we'll give him that. Maggie, I'm just going to go around the room. Did your military service uh, open up additional doors for you after your time was done? And if so, would you mind sharing maybe a door that opened up for you because of your because of your service time? Yeah, so, um, yes, it did. Because being aircraft maintenance, my when I was in California before I came out to Virginia, uh, I was in quality assurance. I was inspecting aircraft and actually putting a stamp on a plane to fly. Uh, and I was entrusted with that by my squadron. And then also a Colonel who did all the pre-flight checks. So he said, I want her stamp. I want her. So, and I was lower ranking than some of the other folks. I was the only tech sergeant at the time, but um, that helped me get the job with defense logistics agency that I uh, came in after nine 11, I moved out here after nine 11 and was quality assurance. And that got me into logistics. So I was always the one demanding the part. And now I'm the one chasing the parts people are demanding. So right. that definitely is, I'm definitely learning something about supply every day for those who actually work supply in their military job. Um, and it's uh, definitely a learning experience and I'm learning all the time. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know on uh, from the bottom of my heart, you are a fantastic logistician and uh, you, you, you do our country proud. 
And I thank you and salute you, Maggie, for all the service that you have given to this country. I know you're I, I know you worked on aircraft and I know your wheels. Uh, I think landing gear might be coming down soon, eventually. Um, soon. But but uh, coming up January will be total 37 years. January will be 37 years of service to this to this great nation. And so I just want you to know that we really appreciate you, Maggie. Um, Vera, uh, same same thing. Have the doors opened up for you because of your military service? And if you could give us an example of one, that'd be awesome. Definitely. Most definitely. Um, when I left, I had a top secret security clearance, a top secret SCI. And so that has definitely propelled my career. I've been a, because of that, and then also achieving my education, I've been able to work as a um, Department of Defense consultant and engineer and also with the um, in the government as well across all four branches, Navy, Marine Corps, Army, and my time in service with the Air Force. So it has definitely afforded me the opportunity to work with um, top 100 department, um, top one, Fortune 100 companies and Department of Defense companies that are well-known, billion-dollar companies. And it definitely opened the door for that, as well as being an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, that's so awesome. And listen, if you're hiring and you need a speaker, you know, just there, there's <laughs> always remember CL, you know what I mean? Simple two letters, CL. Uh, yes, I got it. <laughs> letter, uh, oh, doors that opened up for you, Greg. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The uh, New Bern Police Department doors opened up for me. And with the discipline and the structure that I gave them, <laughs> right? You can see, right? Yeah. I had an opportunity to write a book simply because of the goal settings that the Marine Corps taught me and the discipline and state structure. Yeah, that, so absolutely. And that book actually sits in my studio right over there, and uh, it's a hundred and hundred ways how to run and manage a property and evidence room. And yeah, a discipline is, is uh, something that I think we all garner from and discipline and structure. We garner from our time and service. Danny, did, did it open up any doors for you? And, and what, which one do you think? Um, that's a good question. I think that in general, what it did is just allowed me to, you know, operationalized being a technologist, you know, mm -hmm. in various environments. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Second thing is it taught me about team teamwork, you know, working on a team as a part of a, uh, you know, an organization and finding a, finding a place to be on that team that added the most value. And what that allowed me to do is to move from, from, from team to team, you know, say in civilian world mm -hmm. and do that, have that same mentality just as I did when I played athletics, right. I would find my spot on the team and did what it did, did what it took to add the most value. And I think that was definitely reinforcing the military. That's, that's powerful. You add value mm -hmm. everywhere you go, Danny. So I just want you to know that. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Danny don't do compliments. Well, y'all, that's why I'm giving them to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Mike. Yeah, I would say that, uh, for, for me, um, Obviously, I couldn't afford to come from the working class family. I couldn't afford to go to college. And so getting that GI Bill and the opportunity to go to school, uh, I kind of, you know, didn't really be as aggressive as I needed to be. But after two years after getting out, I utilized that. I used all my money, got my associate's bachelor's degree, and I'm, I am going to be pursuing my master's. And so just to have that opportunity, it opened that door. And obviously, it opened the door for me to get on with the government. Uh, being a veteran, you know, you can get hired on the, on the base. So that, that was definitely an opportunity there that I would not have had if I would have served. Um, so, you know, yeah, that I think that applies to any young person that, you know, it opens up doors that typically wouldn't have open, and it's much harder to, to kind of maneuver. Um, so... Well, you're right, Mike, and I use my GI Bill, and that's why I'm just absolutely so highly educated when you listen to this chocolatey, choc chocolatey velvet voice every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. <laughs> I'm just teasing, y'all. Listen, man, I don't take myself so seriously, but I do take this one thing seriously, and that is honoring people who decided, hey, listen, that, that you know, we went to the, we went to, um, 
we went to the to the grave of many military service members today in addition to honoring those that have served and and you know there's two there's two worlds there those that have served and are still alive and still doing well and then those that paid the ultimate sacrifice and so uh the, those that 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 live we that remain the unique thing about us that that relates us to those that perished is that we were willing to and and so i thank every one of you and i thank you for your service i thank everybody that tuned and in and i and i would again Yes. They take me, I'd go again. Yes, and that and that's the thing. It I, I was gonna ask that as a question, but you guys kind of answered it for me. Hey, listen, if you could do it all over again, would you do it? Is that a consensus by the group? Yes. 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 Yeah, I would I would go in again, but they'd have to kind of bump me up a little bit because I went in as an E one. You know what I mean? I need to go back. I need to go in. Chris went in as an E four, y'all. My son is an E four. This brother making more money than I did. Uh, that's why I'm sporting the army gear tonight, man. You know, I got my lanyard. And my... So, ladies and gentlemen, to close out this service, <laughs> close out this service, to close out this show, uh, I've we've prepared a uh, a special little video. I'm gonna share our screen uh, with these amazing. Uh, folks and those of you that are listening it's a montage a, a, a conglomeration of the four or five or military branches however many it is how many we call now um the branch military branches um uh, songs and so i think it starts with the air force i do believe and so that's how we will close out once the song is over you guys this is it for us and um uh, and so impacting life 24 7 honors all of our veterans i thank everyone i thank maggie i thank vera i thank mike and i thank danny and greg for your your amazing service We're, we we salute everyone who donned the uniform of our amazing services That was the Army. United States Navy. was the Coast Guard. Here comes the Air Force. The United States Marine Corps.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to Impacting Life 24-7. God bless you. This has been such an amazing time together. Uh, And so thank you to all of our veterans. I hope that was a good close to the night. And God bless you. We will see you all next Veterans Day. And uh, look at at Sasha. She's there. Thank you, Sasha, for being a veteran, too. (laughs) Oh, Liberty. Yes. Okay. God bless you guys. Have a great night. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you so much.